Hello, this is Beyond the Bell with WASTA, Wisconsin's hub for professional development for anyone working in out-of-school time programs and youth-serving organizations. It's our mission to help you provide the highest quality care to children and their families. If you wish you had an extra tool going into programming to help guide behaviors in a productive way, wish you knew more about how to provide the whole family with support, or you want to enhance your own well-being, then this is the home for you. We know what it's like to feel like you never have enough time or resources to meet everyone's needs, and we're here to support you through the challenges. Stay tuned as we explore new ideas and strategies that you can use right away. Rachel Sharon, Health Educator with Marshfield Clinic Systems Center for Community Health Advancement and Wisconsin Out-of-School Time Alliance. We're excited you're listening today to our conversation with Dr. Kelsey Offenwanger. Dr. Offenwanger is a clinical psychologist with Marshfield Health System who's licensed in Illinois and Wisconsin. She works with families and caregivers of children and adolescents who experience behavioral difficulties, social-emotional challenges, and developmental concerns. Dr. Offenwinger participates in multidisciplinary teams across Marshfield Clinic Health System and provides evidence-based interventions to after-school program. She is joining us today to help us reflect on what we can do to proactively keep kids regulated. So, welcome. Thank you for having me. When you look at the most recent youth risk assessment results in Wisconsin and you see the concerning numbers related to how many youth are being bullied or kids are feeling hopeless, how many have thought about attempted suicide, there's no doubt that youth serving professionals and caregivers are spending a lot of time responding to behaviors and putting out what feels like, I'm sure, fires. So under all that stress, it's sometimes easy to forget that one of our most powerful interventions is prevention. So let's consider some proactive ways to keep kids regulated. You spend time in after-school programming. You understand how to tr- the transition from the school day to the out-of-school time activity, whether that takes place in programming or extracurricular activities. It, it can be. So what is one concrete thing adults can do to help that transition? When I think about transitions, I often think of the phrase, you know, consistency, schedules, and routine. And when we know that transitions are going to take place, we can help prepare and we can help keep them consistent. That can help everyone stay regulated. So I think about ideally in that after school time setting, whether it's after school to a program, after school going home to a daycare, having some type of physical activity buffer in between can help kids stay regulated, help them kind of get their physical sensory needs met and just decompress from the day. So I think about a nearby park or playground is a great option, especially during these warmer months. When I think about a concrete strategy that adults can do in an after-school program, you know, is to really maybe greet the kid by name and have them share a positive from the day. This can help build that relationship with that kid to then also help us better recognize when they may be having that off day or when they may be having some certain feelings come up and likely they're more like they're more likely to open up to us when we can build that connection. At home, adults could ask the same question and pair that with a snack at a consistent location. So they come back in, maybe they play outside for a little bit, or maybe we even have our snack outside, we sit on the step, we kind of talk about how their day has been. So getting some of that physical activity, pairing it with a check-in, can also help establish that routine and provide a really nice bonding moment that opens the door for future conversations. Yeah, so really what you're talking about is really positive ways to kind of expend any excess energy and help that transition along. But then there's also that relation piece and reconnecting so that there's that that stronghold when kids are in that new location. Great. 
So what can adults do to prevent emotional dysregulation for a child that's maybe showing some warning signs, but who's still in charge of directing a huge, large group? So we've got one kid who's showing that they might have some extra needs, but we still have to manage all these other kids that still are high energy and transitioning from the school day. I think this is a great conversation and topic to address because it's likely going to happen if it hasn't already. And that one child may be overly silly, may be becoming more upset or frustrated, may just need a break, may be tired. Um, So again, something that you're likely going to experience and having a plan for when that happens is key. So these are great opportunities to build in a mindful moment. So maybe a stop, take a breath, pause, or a freeze and then dance type of moment. So some type of movement or breathing activity can be really helpful. If the child is escalating a lot more quickly and may not be able to participate in a group mindful moment, I would see if they could help you with directing the group, ideally with having them become in closer proximity to you. So what can they maybe do to get their bodies moving? That's also safe by you, but gives them a special task. If there is a way to kind of lower your stature a bit, or having everyone do an activity from the ground or a chair, this can help lessen the likelihood of a fight, flight, or freeze response when compared to a more defensive posture like standing. So laying on the ground and doing a belly breath can be really deregulating in the sense where it can help us calm down. It also can be helpful to have a co-facilitator or a backup person to check in or be present to manage behaviors while you are still able to take the lead. Gosh, There's just so much there that is so helpful because what you're talking about is just because we might be worried about one kid doesn't mean we can't just do it with everyone. And that makes sure that we're meeting our needs for keeping everyone on track and we're still head counting and everyone's in order. We don't have to share with the whole group that we're trying to make sure one person is regulated and safe, but that kind of kills two birds with one stone. And then you also gave that example of how we can almost help that person co-regulate by including them even more. And that's a way to even intervene if things are escalating. And then the important of teaming, right? So ideally, our extra staff people are always with us, but in those moments of transition or how we make sure something doesn't get to that next stage, that would be a really important time to be vocal and ask for support from our staff. These are all great reminders. So what are your thoughts on allowing kids to simply just take breaks to avoid further dysregulation? Is it okay for a kid when they're tired to just opt out of an activity? You know, I think this one's a little bit trickier to answer um, because there's different functions, different behaviors. So I think about, is it an avoidance tactic a little bit, which then we'd want them to engage? Is it an escape because they're feeling dysregulated? Um, And then how to respond, you know, but ultimately, I think a great way to help prepare is to bring this topic up at the beginning of a group or beginning of an activity um, to really help say these are kind of the expectations a bit and we can be flexible. So preparing kids and letting them know that if they need a break because their body starts to wiggle, do they need a drink or how do we calm our bodies? You know, this is how they can do it. And this can be represented verbally. It could be represented like visually. So I think of a visual choice board with different options to choose from that they may be able to then have a sense of control with. You know, if a child truly needs a break because they are just dysregulated, you know, we may be able to help them structure that break to calm down. We may have to be a little bit more direct and saying, hey, we're taking a break in this area, but what do you want when we get in that area to help you feel better? You know, one thing too we want to be mindful of is that we're using that break constructively. So if it's to calm down, what are we using to help us calm down? And how do we gauge when we're ready to return to the group? 
too often, I feel like kids can come back to the group setting when they're still upset or dysregulated, which can then have them spiral even more. Yeah. So you said you mentioned different functions for different behaviors, and it's not a straightforward answer necessarily. But yes, breaks are okay if you put some boundaries in place, and that's clear from the beginning. So there's always room for kids to experience or have other opportunities to experience being safe, right? And we also we often talk in the out of school realm about how we always want to challenge kids just enough to meet that next stage or to experience that next thing. And so it's not just giving someone a free pass, but really truly letting kids know that it is okay to take a break if they need it and they need to feel safe. Exactly. We want them to know they have that as an opportunity, but also for it to be regulated with some boundaries. So you mentioned really wanting to make things constructive. So what about safe spaces? How can we create a safe space for kids that allows them less of that sensory input? You know, having safe space, calm down corner, sensory room, you know, all of those, however we name it, can be an extremely helpful outlet to decrease overstimulation and improve regulation. However, this space should be organized in a way that it meets the sensory needs of the kids that you have present. So this would ideally involve including those kids in decorating the area, making sure there's different textures, different movement options, breathing visuals. You know, there's so many different fidgets that we can have in maybe a special box, but having different sensory items in there. If a child ultimately feels invested and has tools available that they are familiar with or that they chose, then they're more likely to engage with them in that space. Yeah, it's almost like getting their buy-in in the, in the oh. beginning when things are good. And then if you have to use it, hopefully that is a time that's used more constructively. So how can adults team with one another? So like how might an after-school person team with a daytime staff person to make sure that we're preventing behaviors from coming up? I think it's really important to open those doors of communication earlier on um, and be proactive if possible. So I think about within my practice, I try to get releases of information with kids who have IEPs that I see right away with the school at the beginning of the school year. So if we need to communicate, I may not have to wait weeks or months to have something signed back and forth. So communicating sooner than later and having a concrete goal when you reach out for that conversation. So making sure, you know, is this for us to stay in communication? Is it to check in about a specific behavior that we're talking about, as well as just sharing resources in the interim? You know, the more we have common language with the other adults in the child's life, the more effective coping skills are going to be for the child. So in therapy, if we're talking about using the feeling rules, I'd love that language to also be carried over at school if it's appropriate and vice versa. If they're learning a certain technique at school or after school, please let me know so then we can practice that within our sessions. So overall, when we can generalize those skills, have common language, and start that communication early, it can really help decrease dysregulation and also improve accountability and positive praise for that child. Yeah, so what you're talking about there is really making that adult interaction very constructive, similar to what we're looking for for the kids and the youth in our programs. But just taking a couple moments to pause and think about what information we're trying to get and then see where we can find some commonalities so that we're being consistent for the kids too. Exactly. When we can all be on the same team, that's so beneficial. All right. I think on that note, we can imagine all of these teams going out today and preventing some behaviors. Thank you, Dr. O, for being with us today. Thank you so much for your time.
And thank you for listening in. We hope you leave today with a few more tools in your toolbox. Be sure to visit our website and sign up for our emails where we share information about all of our upcoming professional development opportunities.